<laughs> anyone listening, we need some horns. We need some background vocalists. Very Calling smart. Piper Brown to audition. We should actually put this at like the very beginning of the episode yeah, because really like this is so urgent. Like, <laughs> if honestly, here's what I'll say. Let's. If anyone wants to in any way contribute to any anything song at all or album <laughs> or artwork or like spoken word poetry or anything you might have we, like we're an open door please oh, please man. give it to us wow. like we really want anyone who wants to be involved to Dude, be involved okay let let us talk about um the band Rebound Spring um we're very excited to hear how it began you know what i mean yeah. All right. Well, oh, we've started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, so I guess basically I Wilkes can start because, I mean, it sort of began without me. So it was pretty much uh, like I don't know, I had a, we had a group of guys. Right. And everyone was kind of playing their own instruments on their own. And one day I don't really know who had the idea, but we just decided to play the instruments together you know which was a really groundbreaking idea at the time Very wow <laughs> at the time it was revolutionary like, like we i think we went off for like a 20 minute two chord jam no one was actually playing anything other than the chords but it just felt so right just to play music <laughs> with other humans and um that went on like that for a while and at a certain point uh we like tried to make our own music camp a good if you know him uh he, it, it was me and me and him were the writers pretty much and it was to it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Not not good stuff. Did not he have any background in music theory, or were you just kind of coming no, from your uh, knowledge? No, he well he played violin for a, a long time, but okay. neither of us oh, yeah, yeah. neither neither of us really knew much. Like he wrote he wrote one good song that'll be on our album coming out. But um, then uh, as luck would have it, talked to Emmett about music. He found out we were jamming and um, realized that he had like literally hundreds of pre-written songs which was exactly what we needed so um yeah, yeah got it got Emmett in on it yeah yeah basically i guess the way i see it it's like we we sort of like all hung out at burke's house one day and i was like oh you know we should bring our guitars and stuff and like then we played music and i was like wait like this is incredible <laughs> like and i mean it was pretty bad but like it was awesome so I was like, well, we got to, like, do more of this now. And then, like, you know, we played, like, some just classic rock stuff, and that was really fun. And then we played, like, a couple of the stuff I had written. And I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like this is, like, we, we got to do this. Seeing something come from an idea, and then just it's, like, out there. Yeah, you know, exactly. And other people are taking part in it. I feel like, I don't know, everyone was kind of developing their skills separately, and because it is a good solo pursuit to like learn the guitar or any instrument uh but then you put it together and i don't know it's some sort of magic you guys all like fell in love with the jams and everything like it's a whole new level and i've never experienced that because yes. I, I don't do an instrument but that's kind of what i'm getting is is like even if it's bad and you're just doing a few chords back and forth the feeling of like having everyone in the room like participate yeah is so cool it sounds like from what i understand from what you're saying I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, I mean, you said that it didn't sound good in the beginning. So it sounds more like... It felt good, though. Yeah, yeah. It sounds more like you guys were into the, like, 
not the energy that the music created, but the energy that you guys made through the music. Like all being together and all mutually having something that you enjoy and doing it together. For sure. Good. I think another cool thing about like our band too is like it's not it's not like we had auditions or anything. It's like we're all just friends who just like all sort of individually started playing music and then naturally started doing it together. So I think that's a really cool aspect of it as you well. You kept it so lighthearted and welcoming and it just felt, I don't know, it, it all came together nicely and it wasn't forced. Like, I don't know, imagine if we had forced this. Like, Yeah, it wouldn't work. Uh, I need a co-host. We need to have three auditions on Sunday and I'll pick my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially for high school kids, it's like doing that would just make you seem really weird. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad that, that it came together in such a fashion. And I'm wondering where you are now with like the members. Like what is the like lineup? <laughs> so like, okay, we have like at least like three or four keyboardists rotating in and out <laughs> at the moment. Right. Like it's just, it's very loose, but um, it's a collective. It, it's a collective. It's a collective. Wow. Um, but Camp, uh, <laughs> Emmett and I, the three guitarists, Michael Schwab on the drums. Beast behind the kit. Beast behind the kit. Beast behind the kit. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we, we kind of, Walker Pitts, new new member, he's kind of swapped back and forth, keyboard and bass. Garage provider. He does provide the garage. <laughs> uh, good jam spot, A plus, top tier. Um, Eric's in there. Uh Burke, Thomas, just, it's just a lot. (laughs) So what's the, is there a name? Have you guys agreed upon a a name? Reva on spring. What does that mean? Like, how did that come to be? All right. So, I mean, me, Camp, and Wilkes, we, we sat down at Camp's house for one day and we were trying to record like our first song and, you know, we got halfway through it and kind of like gave up and got bored because it was hard Mm -hmm. and, and so we ended up just sitting in Camp's house, and we were like, all right, well, we're all together. We might as well just, like, come up with a name. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, like, before I was in the picture, these guys have been going by Reva, like, Moby and the Rivas, Reva. Moby, as it turns out, is already <laughs> a famous musician's name. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to cut that, unfortunately. Then we're left with Reva, and... Um, and Reva is actually the name of Burke's dog. And Moby is the name of Walker Pitts' dog. Oh, okay. So, I was going to so ask So that's about how it. that came up. But it also apparently means maiden in Hebrew. So that that's very crucial to to understanding us as a band, I okay. feel like. But, um, and then Camp wanted to be like Broad Street Extension. Like we had that kind of going for us, like a street name extension. And then we we just sort of came up with Revon Spring. There were a lot of names thrown around. It was a really long day that day. <laughs> On Spring is like it's Spring for a reason, or just because it sounded nice? It rolled off the tongue well. Uh, a little bit of both. Spring Spring is a street in Charleston, mm-hmm. and um, it's got a lot of good like we're a Charleston <laughs> band. You know. It's got yeah. a lot of good like pokey and stuff on spring. Yeah. <laughs> oh no question. It's the, uh, probably one of the most chill streets. <laughs> I, no doubt. Um, then you also have like right off of spring, you have the uh, boba tea place, which okay, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sponsorship pending. Sponsorship please, pending. Please, 
Tapio, the boba tea place. If mm, you're listening, tapio. please sponsor us. Oh. Oh, we're, we're so ready to sell out. And um, Saturday, best of both worlds, go to Pokey Tea House yeah. on spring, and you can get Pokey Bowls and boba tea at the same place. Yeah. Also, them, if if you're hearing Please, this, Pokey tea we're, again, really cool. so, cannot emphasize <laughs> how excited we are to sell out. So did you guys agree on spring because of the because of tapio or just I, i'm still confused like just because it's so, cool contrary to popular belief um <laughs> no it had nothing to do with tapio <laughs> i Popu- wanted to spell the rumors here <laughs> yeah. popular belief being me right now yeah. heard a lot of people saying that it has something to do with a tapio conspiracy <laughs> yeah and, people and are talking <laughs> people are saying it's about the tapio and it's it's just not it's not nothing to our whole However, first album again, is we're concept ready. album about Tapio. <laughs> yes, that, that, that is true, but it is not why we named ourselves. Um, the, the big thing with a name, I feel like it is hard to come up with because you have to encapsulate, like, pardon me saying this, the vibe of the group in some sort of sequence of words vibe. that's also catchy. Yeah, yeah it also has to roll off the tongue nicely. Right, yeah. but Leave I also find that like, half of it comes from after the music is released, people associate the music with the name, and then it just becomes ingrained with it so it's mm-hmm. it's like before and after comes together and i think the name will work out perfectly uh for what you guys are like when i hear pomp long- when i hear pompeii i don't even think of like the disaster i think of the song like i just hear so much of what people are gonna like perceive music as are the song titles album title album art band name for me, it's this is kind of weird, but like whenever I think of an album, I don't really think of the music on the album. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is the album art. Like, no, like definitely. thinking of like "To Pimp a Butterfly," I just think of like the like White House with all the like it's so sick. Or um, in the airplane over the sea, like the yeah. drum face, like it's just crazy. It, it, so much of the aesthetic has to do with that. So we're really working on trying to nail that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Would you say that uh, Neutral Milk Hotel is a big inspiration? Or big time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> Very large, yeah. <laughs> a big one. Um, what else are you bringing in? Like, y- you have them. I know your sound is kind of a synthesis, so I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah I've let's never really each, heard any of your stuff. Yeah, so. let's each, like, give a few. Wilkes, please. So, personally, uh, I've always been... Uh, largely influenced my guitar playing. I've always tried to sound like Neil Young subconsciously to varying like levels of success, but you know, um, and also there's this guy called Alex G. I don't know how many of you guys have heard of him. Super kind of hollow. Yeah. 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 Kind okay. yeah. yeah. of, kind of weird, but like also awesome. Uh, and I don't know, it's kind of like not too po- popularly appealing, but uh, I kind of like that, you know, yeah. not for everyone. Um, anyone that knows me knows that, like, I have an unhealthy obsession with Bob Dylan. So, like, like Bob Dylan for me is just, he's the guy. I try to emulate him in a lot of our songs. Um, also, Neil Young, huge Neil Young fan. Um, Jeff Mangum and Neutral Milk Hotel, one of my favorites. Um, me and Wilkes share have like a shared love of um, car seat headrests. Yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah. know them. Yeah, we've heard a few songs from Twin Fantasy. Yeah, last very week. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess 
Uh, and then my two like bands, as far as bands go, because Neutral Milk Hotel, they only have like two albums, but um, Built to Spill is hmm. one of my fi- all-time favorite bands. Um, and then also Dinosaur Jr., both okay. of those. And they sort of are in the vein of like 90s slacker indie Neil Young style of uh, of music, mm. but very cool, very obsessed with both of them. Mm-hmm. Very good, like teenager angsty slacker right. type music. And I I can see you guys definitely hitting like the more laid back, almost folksy sound, and then like fried folk jump <laughs> fried folk. Yeah. That's a good yeah. That's us fried folk for your ears. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then jumping into something like a noise wall as you've described it before. Like there's going to be multiple walls of noise. Right. Yeah. And I like that. It all comes together. I feel like those two things can work together in a new way with you guys. So, <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, so what are we talking with release dates? Is is there any rumors you want to put an end to or extend? I, all I'm, the I'm rumors have been going around. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Pe- again, people, I've, I hear people talking, people on the streets. <laughs> they're looking at me funny. They want to know. Um, but... Yeah, I guess um, new single we're hoping will be out by the time this episode airs. Mm. Um, our first single will hopefully be out by then. And I don't even want to give it a name because name is still sort of up in the air. <laughs> and then you the got album. Any concepts for the name? Any con- so, actually, funny story behind the name. We've been calling it Let Me Think, the song Let Me Think. Not for any particular reason, but because. When it was first recorded, Eric Fenno recorded it on his iPhone, and um, he had to name it before sending it to our band group chat. And uh, he texts me, and he's like, Emmett, like, what do you want me to name this song? And I was like, let me think. So he named it Let Me Think. Oh. <laughs> and for the past like two and a half months, we have been calling that song which never even mentions the words it doesn't have think. anything to do with like that if you really if you really wanted to stretch it and really get like d- like deep dive into what the lyrics are saying maybe you could find something but the lyrics just aren't that deep mm. and who's the vocalist <laughs> by the way i am the vocalist oh, okay camp camp sings like basically it's sort of beatles-esque if you if you write it you sing it mm. sort of vibe. okay, okay. cool yeah. and I'm envisioning 20 years down the line. Revo and Spring is massively successful. <laughs> Obviously. Some, Without a doubt. For, for sure. And, and, and some music connoisseur is doing a deep dive on you guys' dis- discography, right? And he goes back to the yes. first single, um, September 2020, and it's called Let Me Think. And he goes, well, why did they call it that? It's not in the lyrics. Nothing in the music makes me think about letting me think. And then they find this podcast episode, and they're like, Emmett DeShare describes why <laughs> it's called Let Me Think, and and that's like a podcast, and then <laughs> I know it's like a new discovery, and this will be playing. Hello, isn't art so cool? <laughs> <laughs> I I know you were kind of joking with that, but that's also I think it's an interesting hypothetical. What what do you guys do if like five years from now, ten years from now, Revon Spring is big like where what where what's your headspace at for that uh so what we'll do is probably a lot of drugs and alcohol <laughs> abuse 
Rockstar. Rockstar lifestyle. Just you going kidding. on tour? Just kidding. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, if coronavirus would hurry up and stop being a problem, then we could um, start playing for people and mm-hmm. book venues and stuff, and that'd be that'd be really cool. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to say like oh, in five years, hopefully this can be where we are. Or, I know, but just for the sake of the hypothetical. Sake of a hypothetical, I would, like, I love doing the music we're doing. I would love to keep doing it as long as we can, for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay. It's going to be so cool when I am, like, living my life. I knew these guys, you know, back (laughs) when they were getting started. I've I've never been that guy, you know. Like I'm yeah. always a fan of the popular people. Yeah, like, like my dad. Like my dad says uh, sometimes, if he wa- if if he wants to flex, he's like, yeah, you know, I went to high school with Ben Stiller. <laughs> what if, like imagine me you just be like, yeah, we went to high school with Revon Spring. It's pretty <laughs> sick. And but it is a good like you can appreciate what the band is now without having to look to the future and rely on that too much because like in a developmental stage of something it's almost like the most magical time when everything's starting to come together you're playing and it's together completely natural yeah. like sometimes i feel like i especially have a tendency to like look forward and be like well what if even with this i'm always thinking yeah. like what if we had more listeners what if this but it's like look at what's happening now like yeah. this is so cool i think that as time passes and as uh y- y- you start falling more into your projects or whatever at least for me i've sort of taken a step back and realized that if you say what if to anything and it's applying to your life it's just a conversation not worth having what ifs are always just it's like letting your i i don't know like what ifs don't ever lead to anything good from what i've noticed and i think that like that like mentality should be applied to its extent like you were saying where it's just enjoy what you've got going now and then you don't have to worry about what if because what if it's always right now definitely like if we release this album and like no one talks about it which is honestly like you know local (laughs) acts like that's probably gonna happen but like just that fact that I can say I express myself in like a form of you had fun doing it doesn't matter out there like I'd be so happy yeah I also like I think it's very likely very few people ever listen to this album but like I think it's really good you know like <laughs> yeah. I, I really Those like that it do. yeah We'll have a great We're gonna time. have a cult following of like at least a few people at so least at least be, two that'll be added. really cool yeah <laughs> cult followings are like almost just as fun because you can interact with like almost everyone that follows you and yeah. then it's like more of a network than like a fan base and a artist you know yeah. what i mean it's Definitely. it's pretty cool and like we i don't know we don't have a cult following but no, we don't have the very much a of a small following group at all. of people <laughs> that listen to every episode of this and yeah of course there's ellie who's always here when we make them so yeah um and we get advice from these people and and we get to communicate with them which is which is super cool yeah and i mean whatever like following or route you guys take it's going to be awesome so i'm i'm happy mm-hmm. that that's the case thank you i'd like to sh- pivot the topic a little bit All right what are your guys's favorite musical artists genres that hmm. kind of stuff it's really dependent on like i don't have uh, for a lot of like favorite questions like what's your favorite movie what's your favorite this what's your favorite that i 
I don't know. I usually fluctuate a lot, so I don't usually have a favorite of all time. Sure, I think just that if you were to throw something on yeah. right now. Okay, like right now, uh, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, uh, please excuse me, a little bit of an anti-PC name, but his name is Lil Darky, and uh, he's a... He's a angry SoundCloud. Yeah, kind of angry, angry like SoundCloud rapper, and has a meaning to it. Yeah, somehow. it's like a very kind of weird experimental. I feel like his whole disc, discog, dis, how do you? It's I like can't say discography. Discography. Yeah, whatever. Catalog Every, is an easier word. Catalog. His whole catalog is like um. It always se- it almost seems like a science experiment to me, just because it's so out there. Like, is it kind of like a hundred gex or something like that? Um, I nah. Would, uh, I w- well, I would compare it in the sense that it's like not for everyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I and I it's think, very in your face and noisy. Yeah, yeah. When you were saying about cover art, mm. uh, I really could not stop thinking about Lil Darky because this guy is also an artist and like a cartoonist. And he draws every cover and animates like his videos for some of his songs, nice. and it's it really adds a lot to the music because when you you see the cover, you could kind of get an understanding of what it's gonna sound like and what it's gonna be about before you even hear it. And when you hear it, it just goes along with it so well. Nice. Okay, I I almost need to turn this around into a question because I'm kind of bad in the way that I listen to music in the sense that I'm like easily distracted and it's hard for me to There's sit no there bad listening to music. <laughs> if you're listening, you're listening. so i mean i have like certain music that i like but i i don't have music that i'm like this is me or like i've done a deep dive on this artist and i know all their songs and so i'm wondering like what you guys's process is when you're listening to music and like finding new music so maybe i can take some notes from that because i don't know i've always had a hard time i don't know i uh that's interesting. I I feel like it's almost like a like for example, when I first like heard Bob Dylan songs and not just like heard them in the background on the radio or whatever. Like I was like so blown away. I mean, it was to me like just the words he was using and I don't know, the imagery. It was just I couldn't like not listen to just like front to back the whole record like you know it was just mm. it was so gripping like I, I it was so urgent like i i needed i <laughs> needed to know what this guy that's, had to say i'm chasing that feeling that's you know? interesting i I, I, o- I always kind of like for me when i fall into an artist it's different from that it's like i hear one song and then i i o- almost always whenever i hear an artist that i'm gonna be into i hear a song and i'm like that is a weird song i don't think i'm gonna listen to that again (laughs) and i come back like a week later and then i keep on coming back for like a month and then once i've like realized i really like this sound i start digging in but i can't like for me if i i can't hear an artist for the first time be like okay time to listen to every album today (laughs) i get that no i i meant it as more of a like Eventually, <laughs> eventually, okay, yeah. Like I didn't mean like I sat down and just listened to everything he ever made. But I okay. just meant like I just kept coming back to it, kept coming back mm. to it. Okay, needed, so it's kind of the s- similar kind of similar kind of thing. Okay, but like I don't know, just blonde on blonde. If anyone's listening, just please go listen to Blonde on Blonde. It, it'll <laughs> blow your mind whole. Have you listened to his new album? 
Yeah, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have not, so I, I don't really listen to much Bob Dylan, but then again, I don't listen to much of anything, so I could totally uh, try that one out. I th- did, did his sound, like, change over time? Is it? It's always been fluctuating. I mean, he, he started as a, as a folk artist. Right. And, you what's know. Nashville's something is, like, a. Nashville Obsolete or, or I don't know it's like some album where it almost sounds more country than anything. he definitely has some like he, so basically in 1965 if we want to get into history <laughs> there's a there's a great documentary I think it's called Don't Look Back about Bob Dylan his tour after his album um after okay it's called Bringing It All Back Home, and um, it's a nineteen. It's his nineteen sixty five album, and basically, like he starts to get little less folky, little more rock and rolly, and they follow this guy. They follow him around on tour, and th- his fans hate him. They like yell like Judas at his concerts, like he's like the disciple of Jesus that like betrayed him, like he's betraying folk music. Really. Yeah, and at the Newport Folk Festival in 1965, he shows up, and he shows up with an electric guitar, and instead of playing folk music, he plays Like a Rolling Stone, Maggie's Farm, all these songs that are electric, and it's, it like, people people booed. Like, it was insane. People, people hated that he switched to rock music. That's really interesting. And it, and it was folk rock. Like, it wasn't rock music but it was harmonica rock you know and um right he was he was basically made fun of and and <laughs> sorry there's someone outside the podcast mr. office thank you mr zip for letting us use this office <laughs> very cool <laughs> oh nice. oh he brought more snacks <laughs> mr zip provides snacks as if That's i'm awful. not already chewing on the podcast enough <laughs> I have an in, I don't know, I have a Yeah, we can cut out like the past just we don't even need any <laughs> No, no, no. No, the people love it. Well, it was like <laughs> But anyway, the point the point that I was making there before Wilkes goes is that Bob Dylan is basically you know, he he's a man with many hats. He's been right, in like a right. 100 different genres. He that, tries everything. That what you said about him like getting booed and stuff, that reminds me immediately of uh a, the sort of cult following behind uh do you listen to Tyler the Creator? Of course. Okay, you know he has like a pretty big cult following. Yeah. And like, people who are fans of like, Cherry Bomb and like early stuff, do not like him now. Totally disagree. I actually, okay, just personally, Cherry Bomb is probably my favorite Tyler the Creator agreed, album. Agreed. But my second favorite Tyler the Creator album is probably Igor. If I'm being honest, mm. I uh, really no Flower like. Flower Boy. Flower Boy is lower on my list of really things. i like wolf more than flower boy mm. okay um did you hear about what happened at the uh i forgot what concert it was but tyler creator was like at some concert and he in- they like invited drake on stage yes that's what i was thinking oh, of when you so said that. good just completely booed because they all thought it was gonna be frank ocean and then they yeah, got yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> which by the way like drake is sick like i mean mm. who cares drake is awesome <laughs> if if you're listening, Drake, please, Drake. please, we like you. Sponsor, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> give us money. Yeah, we can't, we can't hate, we can't hate. Drake's part of our small cult following, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you, to, if you heard of Drake, like, yeah. he's really underground. <laughs> very, very small artist. Yeah, he gets cool. booed off because no one knows who <laughs> he is. Um, you, no, Tyler Wilkes had a point to make. It, it, oh, yeah, Wilkes. It's a little off topic now, but going back a little bit to Bob Dylan, I'm, I'm beginning to change a little bit thanks to Emmett's influence, but historically, I don't know, I've always been a music over vocalist slash lyrics kind of guy. I don't know, like my favorite bands right now, like Car Seat Headrest, Alex G, even like, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, the music is the main focus compared to something like Bob Dylan where like there's like a 10 minute song that's the exact same, but just like a lot of lyrics. <laughs> I, okay, I think it's really interesting Wilkes brings this up because I think that this is a really like important piece of our band is that like, when I got my first guitar when I was for my 16th birthday, and um, that's when I, I had never, like, learned before that. And really all I was interested in was, like, playing, like, four-chord Nirvana songs, like, playing, like, Bob Dylan songs and singing along. Whereas, like, Wilkes will tell you, like, he lo- he loves Pink Floyd, he loves Jimi Hendrix. Like, he wanted to play that kind of stuff. So, like, I think both of us, if we tried to do it on our own – we would really fall short. Like musically, I would fall really short. You put Lyrically, Wilkes might fall short. But I think the cool thing is, is like as a band, we put it together. And I mean, if you ask Michael Schwab, like he loves David Bowie, he loves Metallica. Like there, there's such a wide range of influences in our band, which I think is cool. That's the best. I, if you all, if you guys all liked the same music and came together and made a band, it would just be copycat of whatever that music was. But now it's like you get to create something new from having different backgrounds and different styles. So, yeah, I like that a lot. And I'm kind of with you. I, I can't really listen to lyrics. Like, I have to try to listen to lyrics. Really? I don't immediately comprehend That's, what the lyrics if are. If I'm listening to a song for the first time, I, I'll never hear the lyrics. You like, just I'm, hear the beat. I'm just listening to the music. I listen oh. to music. Like, And if the lyrics are being sung, I listen to the melody, but I don't listen to what the words huh. are trying to Definitely. say. Definitely, yeah, same. I don't know. I for think me, it, lyrics are the difference between – well, it, they can be the difference between a terrible album and a great album, but oftentimes it's the difference between good and great for me. I think it's really interesting, the whole discussion about music and lyrics, is uh, that depending on the person, like both of them can equally speak to someone as much as the other. Like, yeah. like lyrics can quite literally speak to you, and you could relate on a heavy level, but... Uh, music it sort of creates a feeling that you can sort of relate to and it's it's interesting how they're both very different and like the dynamic they create on a song is like what we take from it but like they both work together to create a feeling you know yeah like there's a pretty well-known song like the end so david gilmore end solo end of at the end of Comfortably Numb, uh, David Gilmore's solo, like that, for instance, speaks to me like just as much as like a very well-written verse ever could, like personally. Yeah, no, I totally get that. There, I mean, like, for example, you have like Bob Dylan, the, the classic argument, I mean, not classic for everybody, but for like me versus Eric, like Bob Dylan, his version of All Along the Watchtower versus Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix's version. I actually that classic debate, the classic <laughs> debate. So it's like you know, Bob Dylan wrote the song, and originally it's a pretty folky tune. 
um, it's sort of haunting. And then Jimi Hendrix's version just blows the roof off the entire thing. It is insane. I would agree. So for me, it's like I would agree that um, Jimi Hendrix's version, like musically, is more just like marvelous and like stunning and sort of amazing. But Bob Dylan's version is like haunting and it, it's it's very it fits the song a little better for me than Jimi Hendrix's version does. Jimi Hendrix almost goes too crazy over what should be like a more I don't know. It's like a Mellow creeping down. forlorn song. I don't know, yeah. song. It's um he, he won the haunting. like that's basically the song you won the Nobel Peace yeah, Prize the, for. And I, I watched a video on why that was, but I forget. Yeah, so it's like it's like I, it, this is like a nerd writer video if nerd anyone writer. wants to yeah, watch this. Yeah. But it's like um Bob Dylan, like, the chord progression he uses, like, it never satisfies your ear, I think, if I remember correctly. So it just keeps, like, chugging along in this, like, sort of unsatisfying way, uh. sort of creepy way, and not creepy, but haunting, I would say. Shout out music theory. <laughs> Shout out For music it. theory. This is so much music theory in our music. God. Like, it's, it, it's genius, really. <laughs> it's all three chords. Every note, every note is precisely thought out and paired with an emotion. <laughs> like, no, but sometimes, I, like, I yeah, I listen to some sort of music and I watch one of those videos that goes through it, and I'm like, I missed so much about. But like, it gave me the feeling, and I didn't realize why it was doing it, and now. I see the music theory yeah. behind it. It's so I, cool. I always find them so interesting when you watch those videos because it's like these people are like deeply analyzing something that I don't even – I can't even comprehend how you would analyze. <laughs> I think there's a line to that too. I think if you overanalyze even a song that's meant to be analyzed maybe, it sort of does take some of the like – beauty out of it mm -hmm. but well, it takes the mystery away it takes yeah the mystery away. that's what i was gonna say as well. um like when you know when a great artist says a really strange line that you know you could probably dissect for hours and find like 15 different meanings in mm -hmm. sometimes it's better to just appreciate the weird line for being weird mm -hmm. or for being what for what it's worth. and i i like the those that kind of come to that conclusion uh where they're like you can interpret it however you yeah. want. Appreciate the music. You know what I mean? I watched some – it was a polyphonic video on Hotel California. Love that guy. Yes. And he, he was, like, saying all the different things that it could mean, uh, literal talking about California versus, like, a relationship or whatever. And at the end, he did say, like, you know, the whole beauty in it is that you don't know what it yeah. means, you know? and. I listen to that song so much as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I so think I think the coolest the coolest thing you can do as a musician. I think there are a couple schools of thought, but I think um, great lyricism to me it's often just like really cool imagery that can be interpreted any way you want to. But the imagery itself is like the art. And when the imagery matches the music underneath it, yeah, and that's like totally how it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is a really long song we're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put a track underneath the podcast. We'll put a beat under it. <laughs> and it'll swell with the conversation and then recede. It's a really experimental thing. but Yeah, um, it's underground. I don't think you really get it. <laughs> you have to be, like, really smart to understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like... As, uh, and this goes without saying, as with all of Revon Spring's songs... <laughs> Really smart. Requires very high IQ to get. Yeah. 
I'm gonna like be the gatekeeper. No, you don't really understand. You don't get it. You don't get it, man. You, you didn't listen to Revon Springs when their first single came out. Come on now. <laughs> Too many fake fans out here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> before you guys, before you've even released any music, you already have fake fans. <laughs> this sort of reminds me back of the title of the creator conversation. Where you're just yeah, kinda, yeah. You don't understand Cherry Bomb. Bro. Yeah, you don't Dude, get it. Like you, you mixed it bad on purpose. <laughs> Dude, you. You just listened to Tyler. You just listened when he released Flower Boy. Did you even hear Wolf, dude? Dude, I know me and Tyler would be best friends. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you don't understand 100 Gex. They're supposed to be bad. You're supposed to dislike their music. That's what makes it so good. Have you guys seen that meme where it's like, I'm a wiener. <laughs> and it's literally just like a line from their song. <laughs> But they say something, I think, but it's just <laughs> da na 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 wiener. <laughs> Yo, Jamie, pull that up. Ellie, Ellie, where <laughs> Ellie, <laughs> Ellie, pull that up. Yeah, pull up that wiener, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> clip that, clip that. <laughs> we'll totally. <laughs> this is all keepable. <laughs> This this reminds me of like our uh, like thirty minute jam sessions where like some of it will never ever be used, but yeah. it's just like it's cool. just golden. Yeah, yeah. The, be- the beauty of recording jam sessions on an iPhone is that you're listening to like three minutes of music for a five second clip that sounds good, <laughs> but you listen for the potential. Yeah, you listen for the potential. Right. For sure. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so do you guys just kind of go into a jam you put the iphone on the table and then just kind of start and see where it goes or is it like we're gonna do this song and then this song most of this first album is stuff that like maybe like a chord progression wilkes had and then like words that i had or like chord progression i had and like just like wilkes lays down some guitar work over it Mm. With the second album, it's going to be a lot more like we just sort of came up with it on the fly. And it's so much better. So, yeah. So, basically, even if you guys don't get the first album. You wouldn't really get it if you wanted to. Yeah, don't be be afraid because the second album is going to be even better. Okay. No, I'm I'm sure it will be and the third album will build from there. But I think that's cool if you're making something on the fly like that. It'll kind of like go dissonant for a little bit, and then <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I, I would assume, yeah. and then like come back and you get like a and then it like converges like, ah, on. There's an yeah. hour and fifteen minute recording on my SoundCloud <laughs> of uh, of Emmett and I messing around on acoustic guitars. It's a it's a pretty weird rock opera. It, it, it's it's the way I would describe it is literally like a like on the fly country tinged rock opera. Like hmm. it's. It's um, and it's like maybe my favorite thing we've ever done. Like it, it, it's so cool. And a few songs from the second album are directly just stuff we came up with on the fly during. <laughs> you guys there definitely like a lot of people who love the raw sound of yeah. something. Like yeah. they would listen to that and be like, "Oh, it's so raw. I love it." I'm a big like raw. Like I want like raw lo-fi kind of sound. I, I have to talk. Oh, I like that. I have too. to talk Emmett out of like releasing like the lowest quality recordings you could ever imagine of. <laughs> Just like a whole album full of interludes and that's it. Yeah. If it was up to me, like it would all be like basically just acoustic. Some like incoherent screaming. <laughs> 
We actually record an album every day. It's like, pretty. Uh, we get together, <laughs> yeah. we go for an hour, and we split it up into songs and put it out. Yeah. But again, basically. there's just so much theory behind it. You wouldn't really get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're also versed. Like, I'm wondering how you guys. I I've never performed music in a group or like done anything jam wise. So, is there like a, a um. What's the word I'm thinking of? Dynamic? No, like a communication, like a nonverbal communication going on, like Definitely. a while. Okay. Yeah. So you're nodding heads, like eye contact. You, you, can sync, you can have like weird sync ups with people while jamming that you wouldn't think could happen. Yeah. And, that, and that's the like sort of magical part about it, you know, <laughs> to be right. very like stupid sounding. <laughs> it's so mad. That's what I've been like sitting here imagining the entire time is like jamming and what it would feel like to like look at someone and then be like put your instruments together in that into the sound and then mm. like find someone else mm -hmm. and then suddenly everyone finds each other and it comes together you know what i mean yeah um and i don't know if that's how it is at all but that's how i imagine <laughs> let's jump into an ad and get you right back into it you, you just got to sprinkle in a little bit of everything like yeah. get it some spice there right? there's going to be there's going to be uh whole lot of spice on this album little things that like increase its re-listening value by like a ton that's a, like that's our only goal like that's <laughs> yeah. what we just work towards yeah oh yeah we'll, we'll have to go up every day for an entire week and listen to the entire we really, album. we really got to release some stuff before this podcast yeah no out. hopefully hopefully you'll have yeah it's um, big talk that <laughs> let me think song to hear before so, like you're getting me so excited to listen and just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't don't get too excited we might <laughs> no 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 seriously. we've been we've been being ironic this whole time we don't actually care about the band at all we're just we're, we're trying to be funny no, yeah no i yeah i just did it as a joke like it's not if you hear it and like, don't like it obviously we were joking <laughs> if you like it we They're were like, dead serious yeah <laughs> so like crazy question like i don't know if anyone's ever asked you this but like you guys seem super like chill and free-spirited and uh like you kind of just go with the flow it seems like and like how does that impact your music or is that coming from your music or is there what you got well i mean it's it's actually I I've I've been struggling with uh, balancing this too because there's a balance like obviously f having fun is the priority at all times with the jam you know it's never not gonna be fun to be like you know yeah. but also there is like times where I'm like I do like when we're trying to record I'm yeah. like I do want this to sound a certain way and like I kind of Paul McCartney it just kind of <laughs> like like take like and and then like you know I. I it's, it feels weird telling someone how to play their instrument a little differently, but sometimes it, I think it's for the benefit of the recording. Also, it, like, you know, as we said, it's so, sort of a collective. Like, you got a lot of guys in there. Um, and so a lot of times it can get pretty hectic while we're recording. And it's like, come on, like, we're trying, <laughs> you know, like, we have a goal in mind. Like, we're trying mm -hmm. to record. And we can, it, like if we don't focus, we can get like sidetracked and just like lost doing like yeah. random sounds for like we just got hours. lost in conversation. Yeah, exactly. And we can't use any of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you guys aren't hearing the past like twenty minutes of conversation. At <laughs> Thank least. God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but another thing I was thinking about the other day is it sort of relates to sports with me, whereas like um because. 
like the other day we were trying to record this single let me think and we, we it just wasn't really happening like for whatever reason just wasn't really coming together the way we envisioned it and every time like somebody would mess up and i i could like feel myself like shooting them a glare and like i didn't like mean to do that but it like okay. i could feel myself being just like a little bit passive aggressive yeah just not not being super chill okay and then the other day like we were talking about like oh we should jam and i was sort of like you know maybe today would be a good day to just get together and like play some covers and just like have fun and i think it's good so i guess what i'm trying to say is like this what we're doing i feel like it being part of a group and having a goal-oriented mindset while still having fun, it's um it's an important lesson in music and also in, like, it can be related to everyday life and to a job mm-hmm. and to sports. Like, if I was ever going to, like, coach a baseball team, I could, like, I'd t- be, you got to sense when people are sort of um, tired or over what right. you're doing. You know? Everything yeah. In life, as we've, I, I feel like we've mentioned this recently, is a balance. Maybe it was in philosophy or something. Yeah, we were talking um, about philosophy. Right. And so I feel like you're really hitting on that. Like, it can't just be, let's just get together and play music, you know, and, and, yeah. and an album will just come from, you know, you have to organize, you have to have someone who's like, all right, we need to record a song or we need to change this about the drums or this or that. But it's like, if your whole music is based around some, Nazi leader like putting everyone in line and mm. telling them what to play it's gonna suck as well so yeah. I like that you guys have found a good balance yeah, like af- after like still working on it probably <laughs> <laughs> after like two three days of trying to record this song you could tell morale was a little low like it, it, it was undeniable like it's, it's not fun to play the same song for two hours straight three days in a row mm. it's not 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 that enjoyable yeah but um it's it's, it's definitely something you have to do to get a goal like achieved but you gotta balance yeah. there are always gonna be those mundane and like annoying aspects to like putting something cool together because you know music can always sound really flashy and cool because oh we're making music like it's gonna be so much fun but you got to think of all the time behind the scenes that goes into it and and you know you're making me think about that it, it has to be bad sometimes i'm sorry i'm laughing i'm giggling to myself because what what you just said i i joked about this with gavin bringing it up but uh <laughs> recently i've like been pretty bored at my house so i just started writing and recording uh minecraft remixes of like songs and when you said like morale being low or whatever like <laughs> like minecraft remixes sound bad and they usually sound bad on purpose, but like, <laughs> this is gonna Extremely sound this is gonna sound really weird. But like, there's a lot of work that goes into making them. Like, yeah. I I made one for no role models, and it it took so long, like three days to write the lyrics, and another three days to record it. Because what you like, you have to listen to each line, count all the syllables, understand like the rhyme structure, because like with the way that Cole raps, it's like lines tie into each other like every second line or like every third. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really hard to make it all into Minecraft. And like, I understand what you're saying about the morale because like I recorded that song for like a day straight and at, like you could tell from the beginning I was really excited about it. And then at the end it was just like, I'm just trying to get this out. Yeah. So then I just waited the next morning 
and I hit it perfect because it was just like I wasn't I wasn't like I had the intention of getting it out in mind but it wasn't like I need to do this it was just like if I get it now it's gonna be good yeah I think another thing that helps with that is like doing it with like your buddies you know it's like it's like extra motivation you know we want to we want to do this right Mm -hmm. because minecraft remix yeah exactly (laughs) like so i guess next time do a minecraft remix with um a friend or two yeah Yeah. maybe yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah (laughs) gavin hop Um, on that man i'd love to join you that'd be great it was minecraft it was actually so good (laughs) so funny Uh, but that's interesting how it's like creating something really bad and in like a day <laughs> intentionally bad, <laughs> intentionally yeah. bad has kind of the same creative process as creating like good music. i mean in the end like it's probably like the lowest tier of music but like <laughs> it's still music so it's still Starting the same the absolute bottom yeah yeah it's still the same sort of i mean obviously it's not the same as you guys because you guys are clearly Playing more put together and like <laughs> trying harder but like the same idea of like you can't really do it unless your head's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Me and Gavin always try and have a takeaway. Like, do you guys have a personal philosophy or, like, a way that you look about most aspects of your life that's – like, what is that for you guys? Is it, like, just go with the flow or, like, just – I mean, what? how do you, like, approach a problem? It really is, like, trying to be easygoing, like – my self mantra is supposedly it's all good. Like I want to, I want to be the guy that's like, yo, it's all good, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, it's chill. But um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to abide by that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? oh, sometimes just, it really feels like it's not all good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, sometimes things are bad. Sometimes things. And are that's bad. okay. But, but it's probably not normal. <laughs> Continually. Yeah. And then other things happen, and then you just have to decide. Whether or not those things are going to be and what then, you pursue, yeah, and certain then, things that they're good, certain things are bad. And then, you, <laughs> really, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that sometimes, wherever, no matter who you are or what you're doing or what your goal is, <laughs> or where you're. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, so I, I connected with that. Yeah, um, I start a train of uh, uh, thought, and I don't know where it's gonna end. And I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so raw. Like, okay, I'll give you a so couple raw. a couple quotes that I really love. So my personal mantra, if I have one, and I think it's dangerous to live your life by one saying because yeah. I think you can get caught in that. But um, and nothing applies to everything. But my. I'll I'll have to actually get my dad's permission for this probably. It, my dad's like mantra, which has become my mantra, and I kind of love it in a weird way. Is just don't be a dick in life, and life will work out. Basically, just like be a g- like life works out for people who do the right thing and are good to others. Sort of just karma, the idea of karma, basically. Mm-hmm. I think. But I also um, I think you could look up. Um, some great Uncle Iroh quotes from Avatar. Yeah, and, <laughs> definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think another one from Iroh, this is paraphrased, but, like, sometimes 
the best way to help yourself is by helping others. That's another, mm. um, like, Miss Tate at Porter Gow. Yeah. She says that. And she's my advisor. Anyway, I, I, I like that one, too. Sometimes it's a good escape from yourself to look, I don't know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes, yeah. help them with their problems. Right now, my f- I, my favorite quote is uh, my Angelo quote. Uh, what is it? Hold on one second. People for- will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And I don't know. That really resonated with me. Like, All right. Let me I drop like another that. quote here. A <laughs> um, little quote I, battle? Yeah. A little quote. You could have a quote <laughs> off. <laughs> I really like um, – I lost my quote. <laughs> hold, on, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We'll, like, cut it. That's we'll tough. Fix it in post. Um. Yeah, I have no idea what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I start a train of thought. I just hope I get there. I, I, I can never think of a quote when someone says think of a quote. No. But, like, I do have quotes that I like that I'll randomly think of. I'm good at, I'm good at Ooh, coming okay. up with analogies. I, I remember it. I, I remember it. This is big. Okay. So just remember to edit this part in post. Okay. Or, or don't, because it would be funny if you didn't. And, it, and I it's think like it'd be me kind of saying funny. it. <laughs> a lot of dead time, though. But it... it Whatever, just say the quote. Should <laughs> I? Should, <yeah. laughs> no, I think we should like just keep, keep building. Keep, All right, wait. it's a really good <laughs> quote. Let's talk about like quotes for a second. Like, <laughs> I might forget <laughs> it again though. <laughs> I don't know. It, this just is so say raw, it. Say you know? the quote, okay, okay. <laughs> please. No, no, don't. Also from Avatar, um, Aang says, "I think it's really important to remember in this divisive time that we are all branches of the same tree, and at the end of the day, I think we're all on the same team." We're all trying to just enjoy our little place in life in this crazy world. I mm-hmm. uh, think that's an important thing to remember. And um, and uh, we yeah. should all just enjoy ourselves. No man is I an like island. It. No man is an island. No, no one knows what's going on. We're all going to die. <laughs> it's just like so kind of sad. And, do, and isn't that so yeah. nice to know, though? It's so yeah. freeing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of No one knows what's going on. Right, but optimistic nihilism. Have yeah. you ever seen that no, Cursed no. Get video? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you knew exactly what everyone's purpose, if everyone knew their purpose in the world, then wouldn't that be kind of scary? Like being born yeah. and knowing that you're supposed to, it's kind of like do no this one choice. thing. No free choice. You're I mean, locked right. into this reality. It to think of it for me to think of it like we're all floating on this weird rock and like nothing matters is freeing it's like yeah like i can do whatever like <laughs> i can make a band or play baseball well, yeah nothing matters anything. beforehand but you can make and then things make matter. things you matter can, yeah that, exactly that's like big, attach like, meaning to sebastian it. was t- told me one t- about um the book man's search for meaning uh by victor frankel and he mm-hmm. has a similar idea like more existentialist in the sense that you know wherever you are in life you can make meaning for yourself and that's like the primary driver is will to meaning um like so. even him in a holocaust camp he the one of the way like half of the book is talking about like the psyche or the mental state of someone in a camp and he said that like one of his big things was no matter what it was he tried to have something to look forward to or some sort of purpose that he made for himself so that he because he said at a certain point in the camp it became the hardest battle was the battle of will people just wanted to die and yeah yeah. but imagine if you if you know if you guys woke up 
and and you didn't have school you didn't have your band you didn't have a family or friends that you were responsible for like no responsibilities whatsoever it'd be so much worse and like sometimes i get caught up thinking oh i hate school having to do homework but like it gives me a purpose like no yeah it's i get a that structured way for there's me, a certain my life to have meaning I'll, i don't know I'll, i will say i agree i think i think school is a good thing however however <laughs> but um i think there are to tell you the truth, I think there are other things in my life that give me a lot of purpose. And like, I, with that being said, I like I love Portugal. I think oh, yeah. I think it's a great place. Um, not perfect, but I think it's really good. And mm. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, school sometimes lately has seemed a little not not super fun. If any teachers are listening to this, like. Maybe let's lessen the load a little bit, but <laughs> I guess this is a less philosophical. But it, you know, I'm trying to make a band here, so let's yeah. let's not too much work, please. Yeah. <laughs> Two essays due the week after Labor Day. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Just breaking just news. Brutal. <laughs> breaking news. Poor Goud cancels all school activity in pursuit of Emmett's band. <laughs> Thank you, dude. They should rent out the. Uh, first floor space between the doors and the library to you guys the acoustics are so good in there Ooh. it's like a new garage because the ceiling is high and it's just like square i don't know <laughs> go in there i mean yeah. once you guys are big be like hey poor got no need for school like we're, we're coming in on a saturday <laughs> i i do think obviously with coronavirus teachers are doing the best they can i mean Im- imagine if you've been teaching a certain way in a classroom for so long and now you've got to do it on a computer that must that must suck but god it's it's hard for everyone and it is good to sometimes remember that like school is giving me a purpose yeah and it it, it it'll suck sometimes just how your band sucks when you're losing morale yeah. no school is good like i said before just you know let's let's let's, let's chill out a let's chill bit. out yeah. yeah let's all let's all just like have a good time you know? <laughs> moving like like not even in like a COVID sense or like uh, just quarantine sense. Like I feel that way at the end of every summer. It's like you know you. I feel like I know I've had a good vacation at any point when like I start out really excited about being on vacation and then I end wanting to come back because I realize that it it was good while it lasted, but now I need something to do. I need a purpose yeah. to to make the vacation good. I mean, it goes back to the idea. Everything is good in moderation. Everything in moderation. If your whole life was a vacation, then nothing y- would yeah. be a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, bro. Um, yeah, I was about to drop everything in moderation because that's – I was thinking yesterday, like, how – imagine if we didn't have any holidays or, like, anything that broke up the schedule at all. Like, humans created years and, like, Labor Day mm-hmm. and summer vacation <laughs> – we were to talking like, about this just before we walked in. To sustain ourselves, you know what I mean? Like, because if we were just nine to five jobs or school every day, and it never like gave a break or stopped, we would all just want to die because there's like no variety in. Our yeah, lives. there's like. <laughs> I don't a, know why I was thinking about. That. Yeah, there's like that. Whole yeah, I'm lot. very pro holiday. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, I love holidays too. I was thinking about this a little bit uh, before. Like, if your whole life is. Uh, you, if you're if you live by that idea that like never be satisfied, always strive for more. I mean, it sounds stupid, but like 
you will never be satisfied. And if you're never satisfied, you also what's the will point? never be happy though, probably. Yeah. If you're never satisfied, what's the point? Yeah. It's sort of like uh, you guys ever seen Whiplash? No. Such a good movie. I don't know. So basically, like, what I got from that movie is like there's there's a drummer and there's a drum teacher and the not a drum teacher. He's like a I don't know a music teacher. He has this big like jazz ensemble kind of thing. And um, he is so incredibly hard on this drummer, but it's because he sees, like, the talent, that, the potential that he has. And he just sort of drives him to the point of, like, near insanity and just, like, like physically inflicting pain on him. Basically, like, j- just saying all these terrible things. But, like, the thesis, his the teacher's thesis is, like, if I, you have to be pushed beyond what you think is possible. And at the end of the film, I don't want to spoil it for anyone out there, but I'm going to. He, <laughs> basically, the drummer um, has like this insane performance, just unreal. And, and basically, you're left wondering, like, okay, like he's a great drummer now, but he probably also like hates himself. So, like, what do you make of that? Like, mm-hmm. and, that's a very basic way to put it, but the teacher really did like terrible things to this kid. Like, I mean, he he was a beyond a bully, like just awful. So and drove him to like insanity trying to reach his goals. Yeah, like how much are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah, yeah. you it's have to choose that. I think the, that questions. I don't know. It's kind of easier in high school versus real life. I feel like because mm-hmm. you know, right now the most we're gonna sacrifice is like good sleep for like right. grades or like extracurriculars or like social life or like the band for grades <laughs> yeah true yeah. I mean, like or the grades the grades <laughs> for band right but yeah. you get to pick at the end of the day and sometimes you may think that an external force is going to tell you what to do but it's it's simultaneously scary and freeing when you realize oh it's up to me like I get to pick what my priorities are, what I'm gonna do. And you I think it's I mean? also interesting because it sort of, it kind of goes to this idea of like, uh, are we more interested in what's going to make us happy, or are we more interested in the impact that we're trying to have? Like, like that idea of like driving yourself crazy to reach your goal, like, you're probably not happy at a certain point in your progression to your goal, so is it worth even pursuing if you're not happy anymore? But on the flip side, you've put something out into the world, and people are going to recognize that and recognize you with that, and is that what you're after, or are you after your own personal happiness? Uh... I think you can do both, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's like a one or the other type thing. I don't know. I think uh, there's room for parallel, right. like development. Yeah, and everything think, good in moderation. What yeah. you're touching on is th- there's like an almost an archetypal story of a musician or an artist selling their soul to the devil to like become good. Yeah. and I think that's Robert kind of what Johnson. He's, yeah. Is that where it comes from? I think so. And people also, there's, it's almost like ubiquitous at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, cause I've, I don't know where I've specifically heard it, but that's the Juice big, World. 
idea underneath it, it I guess, is people that... People say that about Juice World. Yeah, people do say that about Juice World. <laughs> you sacrifice, like, your own soul to to reach the goal of, which is, like, becoming either famous or successful. Um, and it doesn't even have to apply to music. It can apply to anything in life. Are you willing to sacrifice yourself and your autonomy to dive headfirst into whatever you're striving for? Not really. No, I, I, mean, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> it's, I think that notion about uh selling your soul like it just occurred to me that that's also very metaphorical going back to what i just said like yeah that's it's yeah. just like people are getting to their goal but they're not happy the whole way through because if you sell your soul to the devil i mean i feel like that kind of implies that you're not going to be happy so no, it, but like in return you push yourself so much harder to do like better work but you're not never going to be happy so like I guess even if you, whether you believe in uh, heaven and hell or whatever, in essence, you kind of did metaphorically sell your soul to the devil because you're never going to be happy even if you do produce the best work you ever did. Mm -hmm. It also, I mean, if if I can elaborate, uh, kind of what we've been talking about the whole time, striking a balance, because it can mean one of two things, selling your soul. You sell it now you're not happy but you reach your goal or you sell your soul to the devil meaning you're going to spend eternity in hell so that you can have the most crazy fun successful life now you know what i mean Mm. uh so it could mean don't pursue momentary pleasures at the expense of yourself later but don't discount the moment at the expense of your goal yeah okay so it's finding the balance between those two extremes i think is what we're almost touching on. It's like mm-hmm. being a workaholic versus being like a dropout druggie. And both are equally bad mm-hmm. on the opposite ends of a spectrum. Well, I mean. Oh, <laughs> we were so talking about this in philosophy the other day, by the way. Yeah, we Apollonian yeah. Dionysian. It's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like you need a mind. certain extent of um, – like, you, you can't just work, you need to party. Right. You can't just party, you need to and work. And the Greeks exactly. would parse it as, like, a a work. Of you need some Bacchus. Apollo, and mm-hmm. then, like, yeah. you know, weekend having fun. But it, it can be any sort of dichotomy, I suppose. Uh, success versus happiness, or, you know, this or that. All right. Or Gatorade versus Powerade, yeah. Yeah. things like that. Or Bob Dylan versus Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You know, it's like a it's a cycle. It, and, 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 and it's <laughs> like that thing in philosophy. It's like humans have a tendency to divide stuff into two. Like it's this or that. You <laughs> right. Know? Mm-hmm. Categorizing. Ca- yeah, we have a tendency to categorize or find or see Yakuza. patterns where there's not patterns. Yeah. <laughs> some things are just things. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, back. That's Back to that sort of existentialist idea. There, I mean, I think uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. You would know because you're mom's philosophy person. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, think, I, I think it was in existentialist thought there's, like, two different ra- uh, main branches where it's, like, everything's just random. We're just on a, ra- uh, a rock and it happens to be going this way. Or everything's connected with something and – this has got to have a purpose and like we're all just living out our plans and i think it kind of goes back to that idea i don't even remember what what you were saying before but i think it related to that vaguely somehow it's really tricky like i i personally like i don't mean to can i go religious with it yeah you go for it go for it all right so i i consider myself a christian but 
I've always struggled with the like existence of evil, which there undoubtedly is yeah. in the world. The Odyssey because problem. I actually Black read I read a Voltaire essay on it at the end of Candide, the book I have, and it was like, okay, either God is all powerful and he doesn't stop the evil, so God couldn't be good, or he's not, or God isn't all powerful, Mm. or God doesn't care. So like, I just want to like talk to a minister and like ask him to solve. Or, God is the idea of good, and there really is no evil. There's just not good. We don't have to like Emmett was saying. Maybe like, it's just a thing. The asymptote like, it's, idea. It's, it's, it's not well, I mean, a like Hitler is event. evil. Like, right. but so I mean, there is like a line. Or as but you would I, say, Hitler is the farthest away yeah. from God or good. Yeah, dude. the asymptote idea. Dude, yeah. like, you can get close, but do you never like fully children get need to get cancer. Like, what like yeah. benefit does that have to like anything? Like, do we really come out better because of that? I mean, I couldn't answer that. Here's a, the way I think the best way you can explain it, and I've talked to Walker Pitts about this before. He actually brought this like theory to my attention, and it's Wilkes has probably talked about it with us too. But the clockmaker theory that God is good and he, yeah, he he just made this world we're living on, and he's just so, like a clockmaker would make a clock, and now he's just letting it play out, and he's just either watching or you know maybe playing backgammon but like he's not he's not interfering right. in well, our world maybe he's our idea that god has to be some sort of imminent force is just a f- completely ludicrous idea like in the a first falsehood, place yeah. right like why do we think that some tra- uh, transcendent being needs to have a hand in his creation you know like yeah. I, it's just a way that it's we all, can understand god, it. I, mean, it, it I could talk about this stuff for hours but it's like it gets so confusing so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you talk yourself into a hole pretty quick. Yeah. I, I, I think I always find it interesting when I, when you have conversations like these for long enough, you often do find yourself in those thought loops. And I think that it's a really interesting uh, thing because it touches on the idea that most things are paradoxes in that, like, you know, you'll uh, we'll eventually come back to this idea if we keep on talking, and we'll probably go so far in the other direction that we end up here, which is weird, right? Yeah, I think a lot. This is sort of unrelated, but I um whenever I do have like long philosophical conversations, which is pretty rare, but I do have them. I don't know. I feel like uh, I never really know what I actually think about something until I say it out loud. And yeah, then, no, I get that. And then I'm like, wait. I actually don't like that. Like, le- like I'm gonna take that back. But I feel like it's sort of a Kanye speaking into existence kind of kind of thing. My favorite way to have a discussion is to almost become an actor and like take a position before I know whether yeah, I like it sure. and pretend that that's what I believe and like give it my best shot and then look back and be like, well, actually, I'm I don't like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just how you were saying. Yeah. That's I do it. I do it with my parents all the time. I oh, mean, too. Yeah. Me too. It's arguing it. for the sake of arguing. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. just stop arguing. I'm like, I just want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, yeah. it's, you're wrong. It's fun. Like, <laughs> my uh, mom gets really mad at me for it. Uh, like, <laughs> my mom gets really mad at me for that kind of thing. And she's like, why do you believe this? This is like such a horrible thing to say. And I'm like, I don't, I don't actually believe that. I, I just want to make a claim against your claim. And <laughs> I prove do, that yeah, I'm I do right. the same thing. Um, yeah, and I, I go back on most of it, but gosh, 
the philosophical conversations can get really out of my depth really quickly. So yeah. it's like hopefully taking philosophy will help with that, but sometimes I just end up in a place that I'm so scared of because I, I can't even think about it. I think that we're this podcast is ending up in a place where not a lot of people are listening because we're talking about philosophy class. <laughs> so, Dude, uh, shout out to the real ones still yeah. here. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> it's, it's all about virtue. Just be virtuous and it'll, yes. it'll all be good. I don't good. know. That's uh, it? Just, just be good. Is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> but then, then the question is, what, what, is, what is it? What is virtue? What yeah, is what is virtue, virtue if not? my mom's uh, appearance on NPR. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Um, I, there's just so much, so many thoughts that I could go. I don't even know where we are anymore. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know how we ended up here, but it's kind of cool. I always also like to do that where, uh, I love backtracking on a conversation. Like we just ended up in this weird philosophical conversation. And I mean, we started, I asked you what the name of your band was like, how did we end up here? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool. Well, we did have our intermission for a while, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but uh, you guys satisfied? Do you think, do we think it's uh? I mean, unless you guys have more that you want to get out there, you want to tell the world. That's what I was about. Let's talk abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Let's dive in. Actually, does God exist? Hold on. (laughs) Um, No, I like it a lot. And I think. We had a theme going the whole time, which was like striking that balance, finding your creative, finding what you want to pursue and going after it. Mr. Ziff is back, which means no, Daniel's back. back. (laughs) Daniel was never here. Daniel is here. Um, I guess this means it's coming to a close. It's Um, been a I'm excited for this uh, podcast season. I think it's going to be a good one. Season two, baby. Follow Reva on Spring on on Instagram and uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Is it what? What's the music coming out? Stay tuned for the tune. All platforms or what you got? Hopefully, all platforms. All right. All the ones that'll take me. All right. Till next time. Till next time. And that's it. If you made it all the way to the end, thanks for being a real one. Before you click away, please consider going to anchor.fm slash somewhat genius to leave a small donation. This will be instrumental to improvements in episode quality and frequency, and it'll help us get even a studio type space and start posting video of episodes, which I've heard people really want. Also, please share this episode with your friends or on your socials and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.